Uh, so, guys, uh, one thing that this movie does get right and, and predicts the future, even though it's a fantasy film, is they do say that in the future, everyone is wearing masks. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. There it is. <laughs> and that you can't trust anyone in a mask. Yep. Yeah. Also well, true. we don't need that part. <laughs> Shh. Listeners, welcome to another episode of the Midnight Boys Present a Free Podcast. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my um, oh boy, I don't know, my sword fighting friends, Joe and Duff. They're known for their back in college. You guys were known for your sword fighting. Mm. Yep, <laughs> as you wish. Uh, so we're, not, we're we're starting a new season. This is can you believe this season twelve? Our twelfth season of this. You know, some some shows lose it around 12 seasons. People aren't interested anymore, but not us. Well, it's because we do the BBC method, where it's just like six episodes. That's true, yeah. I think, um, like The Simpsons, we're just about to enter our prime. Yes. <laughs> we're just going to get better and better. Uh, we're, we're The next season we're doing, uh, we're, we're uh, wrestling with Hollywood. We're going to talk about movies that have wrestlers in them. Now... The little caveat is it has to be a movie where a wrestler is not playing a wrestler. So we can't do, like, Rocky Three with Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan is just playing another wrestler. We can't do Spider-Man or... Uh, no Holds Barred. That. No Holds Barred. Can't do No Holds Barred. Uh, so here we are, starting it off with... Uh, I, uh, guys, is this the first Criterion movie we've watched and done an episode on? We did Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh, we did Pan's Labyrinth on a Patreon feed. But I had forgotten that this was a Criterion. Not anymore, though, right? Yeah. It's a Blu-ray It was only like a I couple think. years ago. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And it, before that, though, it was like a Laserdisc Criterion. So, like, it's a, it goes way back. Oh. Um, so, we're talking about The Princess Bride, 1987's Princess Bride. And, uh, obviously, the wrestling connection is none other than Andre the Giant. So, the idea is to talk a little bit about the movie. But also, I'm going to be honest, let's talk some wrestling, you know? Some good old stories, good old tales, and Andre the Giant, hard to beat with uh, just uh, different stories and tales about his life. Um, I was rewatching the HBO documentary on him today, and and uh, uh, Vince McMahon mentions that Andre the Giant was someone that you could say anything about him and people would believe. Like any story, people would be like, Yep. The only exception is when Vince McMahon is saying it. Then I don't believe it. <laughs> well, it reminds me, because I remember when I was a kid, um, one of my good friends telling me that uh, he, did you know me? He said, did you know? <laughs> did you know when they when he died, they had to put him in two different caskets because he was too big for one? Dude, like, what do you mean <laughs> they chopped him in half like a magician act? That's what he must have meant. And, and once again, you're just like, I don't know. Maybe that's true. I still don't know if that's true. It can't be true, right? No, it says in the documentary he got cremated. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, maybe they had to do two different urns. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he was half right. They, they needed two bonfires. They needed, they needed <laughs> a... <laughs> it was just a wheelbarrow. Listen, guys, you want to come over for a bonfire? It's actually, we're doing it two nights, Friday and Saturday night, because he's so big. So did you, did you know that when he got cremated, he had so much booze inside of him that a fireball shot up when they put him <laughs> in the fire? That's where the liquor fireball came from. Uh, all right, so let's, let's listen. I don't know if we have to talk too much about the plot of uh, The Princess Bride. Everyone's seen this movie. Yeah, I think everyone sees. I mean, it's a fantasy film. You've got it's got all the things. There's pirates. There's giants. There's sword fighting. There's a castle. There's a princess. There's a swamp. Smoochin. There's smoochin. Columbo. Yeah, Columbo. There's, <laughs> there's Columbo. There's um, there's uh, Billy Crystal. Who listen? We might have to talk about Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, to me, is like is is something where I feel like I everyone is gaslighting me. <laughs> that my entire life I keep getting told that Billy Crystal's one of the funniest people and even reading about this movie they talk about how like his scene as um as Miracle Max like, they spent three days filming and he never used the same joke twice and and like Rob Reiner was laughing so hard and all this stuff and I'm just like I is this stuff this is I, I don't know I mean you're living proof it's <laughs> people can say a lot of jokes yeah <laughs> 
and a lot of different ones, but that doesn't mean that they're funny. So this is a, a brief aside, but the, yeah. you know, you'll hear stories about movies with comedians. Uh, you'll hear stuff like that a lot. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it took a super long time because they just kept telling jokes and everyone was laughing. And I, I keep thinking, you know, it wasn't laughing the stagehands. <laughs> Like, all the guys who are just there, like, you know, working their 16-hour day. You know, I'm sure it's really funny if you're a uh, uh, meathead, uh, Rob Reiner, or... Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that no, was... that's, that, that's from All in the Family. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. 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 Ar- okay. Archie always called him meathead. Okay. All that. right. Sorry, I, I don't... I'm not really... <laughs> I was like... I'm not I, really I, up to date <laughs> with my All in the Family references, Duff. But thank you, Uncle Duff. Um, yeah. Um... But, like, yeah, I'm sure, like, Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal thought it was hilarious. Meanwhile, like, the lighting dude is, like, taking Adderall to stay awake. And, you know, bet he didn't think it was as hilarious. Yeah, I don't, it, it just, it's, Billy Crystal's just one of those guys. People, he's beloved. Beloved. I, I, I think that. I feel like his best work was before we were born or we were too young for it. I, like, on TV, do you mean? Well, he was on Soap, wasn't he? He was one of the first gay characters on a network TV show. Yeah. Uh, I mean... And then he just did a bunch of blackface on SNL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't really see him in a performance without thinking of, like, what is it called? The Jazz Man? Yeah. Like, he was performing in blackface in the 21st century. Didn't he do it for like a Hurricane Katrina benefit or something? I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. It. But I, it, I don't. I don't remember. Um, it, so it, it, here's the, the thing. Look at his. Look at his filmography. If you're if you're yelling at us right now, and how many of those movies do you want to watch tonight? I mean, I'll say I will. Like when Harry Met Sally is legitimately as good as people say it is. Um, that one. Uh, that one. I'm with. Uh, all right, well, enough with Billy Crystal. I didn't mean to like. I didn't mean to sidetrack. Well, I, I was that, thinking but... about that when I was rewatching this um, oh, uh, earlier today, and I was just like, "What? What are we doing with him? <laughs> what's what's like?" When I was a little kid, you know, I in this movie I found him funny. He's I he's one of the least funny parts of this movie. That's for sure. I mean, I think Carol Kane is. Like, oh, Carol Kane is way better than he is. Yeah, I mean, like they he they should have just had him talk for like. 25 seconds that have Carol Kane come in and yell at him. That's what I want. So now we're getting way off track, but there, for, for a long time, it was just kind of like conventional wisdom that's like, what if we got two Jewish people who bicker in a movie and mm-hmm. that'll be comic gold? And then it's like, and then what if they were in troll makeup? <laughs> J.K. Rowling watched that and was like, hmm. God. I'm on to something here. But I think I can make it more anti-Semitic, though. <laughs> we're, we've, all right, so so far, the Princess Bride fans, the Billy Crystal fans, and the Harry Potter fans, we've all turned off uh, less than 10 minutes into this. Whatever. Um, but listen, stick around for Andre the Giant. Uh, all right, so I, I don't know. We need to go, like, the plot synopsis. Here's the one thing I'll say about this, though. Uh, I didn't, much like a lot of movies from this from this era... I didn't see this as a kid. I saw this much later, which I think affects how much I enjoy it. I th- it's fine. It's enjoyable. I like it. But like, it is this movie's beloved, beloved by yeah, many. Yeah, it's great. What are you talking about? I mean, I, I but I think I'm guessing you saw it when you were a kid. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure that I did. I think I, think I did. Probably I, did. Yeah. I th- I think I saw it when I was a kid. I'm afraid I'm a, I'm on Team Rob here. I've never shined to this movie. Like there are parts I like, but it's I, I I feel like I should like it more than I do. It's yeah, it's it's just you I know. like it. I mean, I like it. I'm just I, no, you it's know, not it's enjoyable. It's 90 not minutes. bad, it's but people love this movie, and I it never hit me in that way. So, well, I'm I'm sorry that someone hurt you guys so bad at some point in your <laughs> Joe, lives. <laughs> Joe, you know what would help? that no one's ever tried maybe if you shout quotes at me from this movie <laughs> yeah but i mean like that's not unique to this movie no, no. i'm just i'm just no. saying but that's like a thing where it's like you don't like princess bride inconceivable and then everyone laughs and oh christ you know what you know what it is here's here's my here's my here's here's what it is that that doesn't work for me anytime it's wesley and and inigo i'm all in super fun 
Tons they, of charm. They have yeah, great chemistry. Those two. like when he helps them up the cliff. Yep. And they uh, just have a, they just have dudes ro- they're just dudes rocking it up up there, having a chat. Mandy Patinka in this movie, A plus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. But then whenever it's like here's Prince Humperdinck, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, that- he's 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 a black hole of charisma. Yeah. And maybe he's... that's the point. Yeah, but, I think it is, but he's not in it that much, really. It uh, feels like it, <laughs> for the second <laughs> half at least. Yeah. Uh, All right, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. It's um, I've watched it with my son a couple times. He enjoys it, but doesn't love it. Does that make sense? Like, uh, you know, he I mean, well, how who wouldn't like it? It needs more Falk, more Peter Falk. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, have you guys read the book? Nope. Both okay, so of, I started... We should mention um, one of the rare instances where a book and the screenplay are by the same author. Doesn't happen very often. No, it really doesn't, does it? Sorry. No, maybe maybe um, who did like uh, Last Picture Show in Brokeback Mountain? Oh, uh, what the, his name? Larry McMurdy. Yeah, he might he might have done a few, right? Did he do a couple? Yeah, scripts? he may have. Good pull. Where was I? Where was I? Well, while you're trying to find yourself, I, I to, to address an earlier point that you guys are making, you know, that people shouting quotes at you, like, like this is definitely one of those movies where if you say, even if you just give a mot, like a lukewarm appraisal of it, and you guys were more po- even positive than that, people do get pretty fired up. Oh yeah, it's if you mention that, you know, even if you just say, yeah, it's okay, like people get mad at you. And I think that that's another consequence of coming to it too late because you probably heard a lot about it and how much everyone loves it before you actually saw it. Yeah. And I th- I find myself um, being swayed by that kind of a phenomenon quite a bit now. Like I just, you know, I don't get around to watching something and then I just hear everyone just gushing over something for, you know, three, four weeks in a row. And mm-hmm. by, you know, the end of the month, I'm like, I'm not going to watch that show. I, I hate it, and I haven't seen a second of it. Ted Lasso is uh, I was the about to me. say, you're... Like, these people, the, the, like, just... Unbel- and and, I, and I, part of me recognizes I'm being, like, obviously obviously I'm being unfair. Like, it's not the show's fault that everyone's Because like you haven't that. seen but, it. Yeah, but then, okay. then I look at, like, the show's tweets. You know, like, people, like... It'll end up on my feed. What do you mean the like, shows? Like, like, like from the show's account. Like, there's a oh. Ted Lasso account. <laughs> okay. And like, I'm like, this is the most cloying, ridiculous nonsense ever. Like, go outside, everyone. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Says the podcaster. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, just like, 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 like the the way people talk about that show is like, it, it's it's like they came out of treatment or something like that. Like, it's transformed them in some way. Like, oh, my God, it's so positive and optimistic. It's like, well, okay. I mean, I do think your general point, Joe, is very fair that, like, when expectations, even if it's, you know, as hard as, like, it can be to, or as hard as we you can try as, like, a viewer to be like, no, I'm not going to let expectations determine how I, you, you once they're embedded into you, there's nothing you can do. And the internet's know? made that so much worse. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. I, I just kind of... Obviously, the solution to it is logging off, which is the answer to everything. But um, it, it is that you're exactly right. It, it is a pretty new thing that because for me, it used you know, I went through this with Monty Python. I've never been a big Monty Python guy. And part of it was, you know, like most boys in America, <laughs> like after 1970, like I heard all my friends do all the bits. And I'm just like, all right, uh I I feel like I've seen this now, and and that was just like six dudes I know in junior high, and now it's like the internet is just screaming every niche show or movie at you all the time. Now you guys know how your friends felt about Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you cannot log on to Twitter or Facebook or whatever without. All the Ernest heads. The Jim Barney yeah. memes remember, have gone crazy. Remember, like, how big Ernest was that, like, people were like, have you seen Ernest Goes to Jail? <laughs> it's cha- it's going to change cinema. It's such a breath of fresh air. I really oh. got sick of all those Jay Leno bits about Ernest. That's how much it permeated the culture. <laughs> and then every time you watch an award show, it's like, oh, a bunch of more awards for Jim Varney and the yeah. director of the Ernest movies again. So it's, yeah, I, I could, could definitely understand your fatigue. 
couldn't go to Target without seeing aisles of Ernest merchandise. <laughs> uh, I really wish we could live in a world where all of that was true. <laughs> I know. I'm, I feel sad that none of this happened now. <laughs> that there's not the ECU. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, Duff, did you see, when did you, how old were you when you saw The Princess Bride? So I don't know. I know I, like, the part I'm the most familiar with is probably, like, the first 45 minutes. And that, sure. and, like, you know, it's kind of like Star Wars. Like, I can't remember a time where I hadn't seen that part of the movie. Okay. The middle part I was a little fuzzier on. Like, there was some stuff I'd forgotten about. Like, a lot of the Pit of Despair and Miracle Max stuff. But then, the end, like, I'm most familiar with the beginning and the ending. Um, okay, so you, 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 this has been in your life in some way or the other since you were younger. Yeah, it was on TV a lot. Oh, here, here's a random thing about this movie that I'll show that even... Uh, people I like can do stupid things. This musical score is awful. Yeah, what's Mark Knopfler up up to at this? Like, why? Why there? Like, there's all these moments where like it has horns and they sound like synth horns, but there's no reason for them to be. It's because Mark Knopfler bought this at the time very fancy new like synthesizer machine that could uh, emulate orchestral parts like it's just it just had all the parts programmed into it and mark knopfler from dire straits yes right okay your dad's favorite band (laughs) (laughs) i've Um, seen him live actually i like dire he opened for bob dylan i like dire straits a lot there's some kind of like elevator music dire straits but some classic songs yeah but ago i did start the book and I was reading it to my son. I don't really enjoy the book because it goes a lot slower than the movie, obviously, but also, like, a lot of time it feels like is spent, like, learning about Buttercup and, like, Wesley on, like, as a farmhand. And it has this, like, it's told the same way as it is in the movie where it's, like, a... There's a, a is there a framing device? There's a framing device, and then there's, like, parentheticals all the time, like, inside of the, inside of, like, the, the book that are kind of, like, making little meta jokes. i just mm. not a fan. At the, when I was reading it. I obviously was reading it to my son as well, and I was like, this is not a fun book to read out loud to a child. Um, you bringing up the, those two, Wesley and Buttercup, that, that's my... I really like I really like this movie a lot, it, It's but it's not really quite perfect because the relationship between Wesley and Buttercup is like the least compelling rela- out of all the relationships between these main characters. He's very mean to her at points. <laughs> like... You just and in the beginning she's kind of mean to him. Yeah, in the book she's really mean to him at the beginning. Yeah, and there's um, just not. I don't really get a lot, of, a whole lot of chemistry between the two of them. But it's a that's a minor quibble though. I don't really think it affects the movie that negatively. It's just interesting. Yeah, I think I think that's probably a situation where if this movie was made now, it would be 135 minutes, and they would have expanded on it quite a bit. Where like at this time, it seems like we this shouldn't be over 100 minutes. Is the thinking. And just like streamline the, the, the like, correct thinking, but I, yeah, I would agree. But yeah, the streamline, like, listen, she's a princess. He's got hero. People will just buy into it. Yeah, and I do well enough. It's just you know, it's just yeah. They don't, they don't really have great chemistry, and that's something. I don't think it's either of their fault. I think they're both really good actors. I think this is Robin Wright's first role, isn't it? I, she's definitely one of her first roles, if not her first. Um, yeah, the I have a little fact here when they were when they were casting, there was a couple they they cast they auditioned over five hundred women, which by the way is too many. Um, and are and there so, that are there that many women? Period. I've not that I've met. Have you met five hundred? <laughs> do you think you've met five hundred different women in your life? I could I could tell well, you I have I could tell you that <laughs> five hundred of them haven't talked to me. Well, I mean, <laughs> I haven't had five hundred women talk to me through my job. Um, I have to meet a lot of people, but. That's so they the only also, reason why I have. They also auditioned Courtney Cox, Meg Ryan, Uma Thurman, and Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, that would which, have been a take. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been interesting. Uh, they wouldn't have been uh, able to show this movie in Southern theaters then. Oh, Jesus, probably. Well, it didn't do very well in the theater stuff, so it probably would have been okay. Yeah, they didn't market it well. Um, so, so. What we also want to talk about in this season is we're going to talk about Andre the Giant, who plays Fezzik. Um, I, I guess similar to Princess Bride, 
what I was trying to get to is if you haven't seen this as a kid, can this work when you're older? I kind of wonder if it's the same is true for professional wrestling. If you didn't watch professional wrestling as a kid, is there is that little switch inside your brain broken and you or not broken, but was never created? So you'll never you'll never be able to fully enjoy it and appreciate it when you're older. Um, so I'm curious with both you guys, like what is your since it's the first episode of the season talking about this, what is your like relationship with professional wrestling? Like, when did you watch it? Did you not watch it? When did you stop and say, this is silly. It's time to move on. I watched it as much as I could when I was a kid, like in the late eighties, um, maybe a little bit into, into the early nineties as well. But the, and, and this remains, well now, now I have money. So it, it's just more of a choice thing. But at the time, like I could just couldn't watch a lot of the best stuff because it was pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I could see, I think on like Saturday mornings, they would rerun whatever the WWF show was at the time in like 1989. I don't know. Sure. You know, superstars. Yeah. 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 Superstars. I remember that was where mainly I watched it. It was that and Saturday night where was it the main event? Was Saturday it? main event. Yeah. I think that's right. I yeah. think that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I watched um, very late 80s and early 90s for a while. I remember um, I like kind of begged my parents, and they let. There were a couple times they let me order a couple of the pay per views. Ooh, oh, wow, yep. wow, high roller. Yeah, um, man. Like I think the peak of my wrestling fandom was uh, the build up to WrestleMania Seven, which was during the Gulf War, and it was Hulk Hogan. Oh, Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter, and, and guys, Sergeant Slaughter defected. He was uh, pro Iraq. Mm, I remember, I remember, I remember the storyline. Yeah, I remember um, that too. And the Hulkster would not stand for that. Oh boy! You know, I don't remember like a you know tuning out like consciously. Like even when I was old enough, like I knew that it was fake, but I was young enough that my you know my my suspension of disbelief was did your dad watch it with you did he like it uh, I, I remember um my parents watched the survivor series with me and we all enjoyed it okay um so i think i got turned off and y- rob you you probably know the most about wrestling history but there was like a even by wrestling standards there was some really gimmicky stuff mm-hmm. kind of like in like I want to say like the mid 90s like before the Attitude Era where like yes. you had like Irwin R. Scheister and the Mountie and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just I mean it was you were you were a profession I mean there's famously Doink the Clown he's yeah. a clown and just stuff even by wrestling standards it got pretty goofy and that's saying a lot yeah yeah no the the early 90s um i i'm delighted by it still because i was a kid when i was watching it and and i kind of enjoyed it but it is in it is absurd i mean like there was a there was a dentist isaac yankum (laughs) joe you and i have watched wrestling many times in our lives oh yeah uh you watched a lot as a kid what's what's sort of your uh your early wrestling memories uh yeah, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, uh, yeah. Million Dollar Man. Like, those guys were larger than life, uh, either in a good or a bad way. The best thing about the Million Dollar Man is he was always a bad guy, and he could just bring in – he was, like, the perfect guy whenever you had, like, a new star that wrestling wanted to bring out. They'd be like, the Million Dollar Man just hired a new guy for his, like, <laughs> yeah. Million Dollar Corporation. Oh, I forgot to mention Rowdy Roddy Piper is also huge huge impact on me, mm-hmm. um, and and then you know some lesser known ones like Demolition I really liked. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh boy. Not yeah. sure how his matches hold up. Probably not well. But I liked his, his outfits hold up though. <laughs> yeah, and his scissors were cool. Oh, oh and Jake sh- the Snake. Jake shout- the Snake, of course. Shout out to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He was a he was a favorite of mine. Yes, and the Bushwhackers. Like I I that sort of era of. Of wrestling I, I watched as much of it as I could and yeah. now like I don't really watch a ton of wrestling anymore largely just because like it's, it's a, a lot of time, time it's, it's just a yeah. huge time commitment like if you want to watch everything the WWE makes oh what that yeah. six six hours a week or five hours a week 
they just have, between SmackDown and Raw. They have three weekly shows between Raw and Yeah, I'm SmackDown not counting NXT, NXT, but yeah, if you count NXT, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I only mean, have so much time. It used to be, you know, an hour or two in the weekends, and that maybe, you know, then the Monday Night War started up. But yeah, there's too much content. over, And that's true of everything now. Yeah, 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 and 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 so that's the case where I'm at right now. Is I watch this a lot when I was a kid, and it's like a wrestling has been a thing I've always faded in and out of. It's a lot like, it's a lot like soap operas, right? You can and people make that comparison. It's true. It is. It is. It is like soap operas. But you can also like much like soap operas, you can stop watching for a couple years, and you can just turn them one on and be like, okay, well they they put me up to date. I now know what's happening. Yeah, and you can I just mean, jump right in. Yeah, there's certain tropes that you'll glom to right away. Yeah, yeah, um, but I've gone in and out. I mean, I was I, I liked it with my I would watch it with my dad all the time when I was a kid. And then you're right, it got silly. And I remember playing the video game. I remember putting a friend in a sharpshooter. <laughs> hmm. uh, and then like the Attitude Era happened in the Monday Night Wars, and I was insane about it. Um, and then you know, kind of stopped watching it in college. And then after college, watched it for a little bit, and probably like every like five years or so it's like oh, i'm gonna dabble back into this and it's always a thing i've said like when it's fun i don't know if there's anything better when it's bad i don't know if there's anything worse yeah that's true I, like you know we were talking about a great match we saw recently and it, like it just you know quote unquote real sports you know get still get me pretty excited but not as exciting as i used to because i've you know get perspective as you get older um and you learn to not get too high not to get get too low about your teams but like a great wrestling match can get get me as fired up as almost anything can yep because they're i mean they're they're putting their bot the way they put their bodies on the line and their ability to tell a story is it's pretty amazing like you said when it's going well when it's bad oh When it's bad, it's only worth it for later to be like, do you remember when they tried this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like doing. Well, well, let's let's dive into let's dive into what we have here. And we have Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant is like I said, legend. He's a guy who, um, as I said earlier, Vince McMahon made the comment about um you could tell anyone something and they would believe it. And in that documentary there's a part where Ric Flair, who's a if you don't know, is also a, a former wrestler point out that when he met when he first met Andre the Giant someone told him that he has two hearts and two rows of teeth (laughs) and he was like I believed it and he's like whenever I was talking to him I was trying to look in his mouth to see if I could find the other row of teeth oh my god (laughs) he's like but I found that that wasn't true but I thought the heart thing was true until the end (laughs) so uh, unbelievable Uh, huge guy I mean this is a guy that, like, I don't care who you are or what era you live in. When you see Andre the Giant, even just – he's just insane. I mean, I don't – we never know, like, how true, like, when wrestler promotions tell you how much someone weighs or how tall they are. So this is probably not true. But his build height was seven foot four, and he was 520 pounds. Hmm. I, I think he was just slightly under seven feet. He was not slightly under 500 pounds by the end, though. No. I know that. Yeah. Um, and a, he, he was French. Uh, yes. Andre Rusimov, I believe. Correct. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, he he was, he was had... Um, and by all accounts, just a, a gentle, kind soul who just, you know, like, kind of figured out um, from an early age, he's like, well, what else am I going to do? I'm literally a giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, he. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to think of what it is that he had. Um, Isn't that a pit- pituitary problem or something? Yes, I mean, he had acro acromegaly. Yeah. Which yeah, just a pituitary gland that just went crazy. Oh, and, thank um, God. I mean, when I read about Andre the Giant, I'm like, oh, thank God, I stopped growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so but but like he knew he knew he wouldn't live very long because of this. Um, yeah. His- what was and his final cause of death? Just his heart gave I out. I think it was his heart. But, I mean, this guy, we'll get to yeah. This guy lived life to the fullest. Um, and, uh, you know, in the 80s, they, they did say to him, like, you could get the surgery on your pituitary gland to, like, you know, it wouldn't reverse what's happened to him, but at least could, like, 
arrest it, right? Like kind of stop it from continually happening. Mm-hmm. But he was just like, nope, I'm just going to keep doing this. This is this is sort of like what's you know paying the bills right now, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, but I, I just want to like talk a little bit, be a little bit of wrestling history here. But as Duff said, he was he was French um, originally when he was first introduced. He was introduced uh, like in Europe as like a lumberjack that they just discovered in a small town. And he starts traveling around, and, and when he comes to the North America, that's when they start calling him a giant from the French Alps rather than, like, a lumberjack from some tiny town. And, you know, he gets termed eighth wonder of the world. And the history lesson thing here is pre-early 80s, like, I don't remember what year, maybe 83 is when it happens, maybe a little bit before that. But it was just territories. There's no cable television. There's no there's no wrestling that's on nationally television, national televised. It's all just territories. So like throughout the U.S., there's just literally dozens of these little territories that, that would that would have their own wrestling promotion. And you you know the 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 breadth of that wrestling promotion was essentially determined by the TV markets. So like. We grew up in Minnesota and Wisconsin. It would have been American Wrestling Association, AWA, which is out of Minneapolis. But you know, if you grew down, if you grew up, um, you know, uh, on the southeast, you're probably watching Jim Crockett promotions. If you're in Canada, there's Stampede Wrestling. There's like wrestling in Memphis. There's stuff in Texas. Everywhere, just all these different territories. And and so what that allowed to have happen is like stars could or wrestlers could move from territory to territory. And Andre the Giant is a perfect example of that because he's so big and he's so tall that he eventually um, goes over to WWF. But he's, before that, he spent so much time just churning through territories. Because the thing about him is it's incredible to see, but he's not a guy you necessarily want to keep going to see. So he would like go into a territory and wrestle for like six to ten weeks just hit the circuit hard making a tons of money he could sell out shows because promoters like people are going to want to see this giant and then he would move to another territory and he just like that's kind of the way he churned through all of that um he eventually goes to wwf which at the time is in new york some people just called it new york you'll hear that referenced um and that's vince mcmahon senior at this point right? that's vince mcmahon senior uh vince mcmahon buys uh the rest of his company from his father and immediately at this point, he's like, at this point, uh, Andre the Giant, even though there's no like national television for this, has he's super famous. I mean, he's gone around the entire world. If you know anything about wrestling, you know who he is. Even if you don't, you probably have heard it just because it's just a, it's you know, wrestlers can become celebrities in interesting ways. Even though people don't watch wrestling, I find that fascinating about it. Like everyone knows who Hulk Hogan is. You don't even have to watch wrestling to know who Hulk Hogan is. Um, so what happens is Vince buys a company and sees, you know what? Cable's rising. Yeah. I'm going to buy up all these territories and use cable and syndication to like make a national wrestling company. Hmm. And yeah. he was right. I mean, it was, it, it was kind of the Ted Turner strategy. Just, exactly. Yeah. And then those two ended up going out yes. later on battling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's what, what what happens, and then and then at the same time you have Andre the Giant, who's like I mean, like I said, a huge star at this point, um, and and he like I said, he automatically would sell out shows, and even WWE at this point or WWF at that point was like selling would would loan him out to territories because what's interesting is like I don't know if he was ever a champion because you wouldn't necessarily want to put the belt on him because he's not a guy that people want to watch wrestle over and over again even though the whole thing about Andre the Giant was nobody ever beat him. I mean, and that's an interesting point that maybe you were coming around to. Um, but it's interesting because everyone, you know, 80s kids, like we always think of, you know, like Joe said earlier, like Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Andre, Macho Man, and so forth. Yeah. Um, but like from an athletic standpoint, um, the 80s were kind of Andre's decline. Like he yes. was in He's old Andre. Yeah. And which is funny because that was maybe the peak of his fame. And mm-hmm. he was, I mean, part of, you know, his body was still growing and he was just, you know, a literal giant and he was just in so much pain and was just kind of wrecked and he didn't do as much wrestling in the eighties. 
No, I mean, 1987, which is the year Princess Bride comes out, is also year of WrestleMania 3. And so from, like, a fame standpoint, I mean, it's hard to beat that year for Andre the Giant, even though he was – I mean, he's at the end of his wrestling career. Yeah. Uh, maybe I mean, even a, past it at a that few, point. A few years later, he's going to need crutches to stand up, and he'll, yeah. be, he'll be dead by 1993, I think. I think so, like early 90s. Um so yeah, so what's happening at the same time? Andre Giant is like this. He, and Andre Giant, the entire time during this, was a good guy. He would come in. He was a friendly giant. He'd come mm-hmm. into your town. You'd see this giant. Kids would be excited to see him. He was friendly, and then he would go in to your local town, and he would face whatever the you know the big hero of the town is, and they'd go back and forth. And oh my God, maybe the local hero will beat Andre the Giant. But of course, that doesn't happen. Andre Giant wins. And uh, that's kind of what he would do. He would go around and, and obviously, I mean, guys, if we were kids and it was like, you want to go see Andre the Giant wrestle, we'd be like, absolutely. Oh, my yeah, God. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, he's a seven foot four, 500 pound monster. I, I really wish I could have seen him up close when I was little. Uh, that oh, I, been, I just can't even imagine. I would have, my mind would have just been absolutely blown. Just, just watching old clips where he can basically put, mean gene okerlund's head into his hand like just puts his palm over his face and is just entirely covered oh yeah oh yeah and so the most famous match i think we have to talk about is at wrestlemania 3 and the thing about wrestling let me just like put this out there in case you don't know we all know it's fake it's all made up it's all storylines that are built so so aware so's money yeah (laughs) 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 Uh, and you all probably like that so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, in WrestleMania three, this is like the big show. They're, they they do it in, in uh, Detroit, uh, the Pontiac Silverdome. They fill it up. I mean, this thing, it's ninety thousand people. It's insane. Once in, I was saying, a whole um, uh, Andre Chain was always a good friendly giant. Friendly giant coming into your town, and uh, he didn't really want to be healed because when you're a heel and you come in or a bad guy when you come into other towns, then like people see you on the street and they boo and they're mad at you. He just wants to be a friendly giant, see people and be excited to see him. Um, so they had to, they had to, they had Hulk Hogan who was just like a rocket ship man. I mean, he was just an insane star. People are going crazy. He was in Rocky Three. Everyone's he, going wild. He had his, he had his own uh, Saturday morning cartoon show. Hulk Hogan yeah. rock and wrestling or whatever. No one who grew up in the 80s did not know who Hulk Hogan was. I, 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 I hard to, un- him and Michael Jordan are probably the most famous people in your childhood in the 80s. Well, Michael Jordan and, was more in the 90s, actually. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, for huge, for, huge star for athletes who, you know, whose primary draw was like, you know, young boys, especially. They have to do is they have to turn they gotta turn onto a giant you a bad guy. And I'm gonna make sure this is shared on the on our website at a freepodcast.com. But um there is this wonderful stuff with some how much you love watching old promos. There is a wonderful like four minute clip on the Piper's Pit. Was this the peak of Piper's Pit? Mm. I mean this is the clip everyone talks about. Yeah. Uh, I mean Piper's Pit was around for a long time, but this is up there. I mean it's hard to beat. At Piper's Pit, they they, they kind of start this like thing out with uh, uh, Hulk Hogan wins the championship, and Andre's there, like spraying up his champagne to like congratulate him because they're friends, and you know the good guys are good guys together. And then they start doing this thing where like Andre the Giant was being like honored for something, and then Hogan came out there to like you know uh, thank him, but then he kept talking, and Andre the Giant just kind of got mad that everyone's putting their attention on Hulk Hogan on this Andre the Giant event, so Fair. he storms off. <laughs> storms off. Fair, right? So then we go to the Piper's Pit, and um, first off, guys, Roddy Piper, which we'll get into more detail next week, is is like doing this, you know, his his talk show, if you will. Ah, You've got God, Jesse the Body so Ventura in an all time ten out of ten outfit. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. He looks like he looks like if Sergeant Slaughter was in drag. <laughs> he he kind of looks like if Sergeant Slaughter like hung out at long beach a lot (laughs) (laughs) it's wild so uh you know hulk's out there and and all of a sudden they bring out andre giant and guys he's got the manager brian the brain heenan with him bobby Bobby. 
Bobby the yeah Bobby the Brain Heenan, who is like, listen, bad news. You <laughs> no, see him? No, no, yeah, bad news. You don't want. You, you know, you don't want your friends hanging out with Heenan. It's like if your wife is suddenly getting a lot of letters from law firms. <laughs> <laughs> so Hogan is just crushed. He's like, why are you out there with him? Why are you bringing him here? He's no good. And essentially this after is a talking. a genuinely emotional episode, by the way. <laughs> Hogan is selling it a thousand I, percent. I, I, I've, by and large, for the most part, a Hogan hater. But oh, wow. I gotta say that this whole run is as good as it gets. Like his, I mean, his performance on the, this show, there's <laughs> genuine pathos in there. Like he should have gotten an Oscar for it. I I, I, mean, I rewatched it and and I could not believe. Like I knew I always thought he's good, but it's been a few years since I saw. It. I was like, damn, he's he's just killing. Yeah, I mean the Hogan stick. Like you know, it's usually that he just went back to that well every so often and and you know phoned it in but yeah this this is he's at the top of his game and the reason i think this works especially when you're a kid is like when you're a kid your friendships like burn so hard and they can change so fast sometimes right we're all of a sudden like oh i don't know this person my best friend we're not friends anymore and that's like crushing and i feel like yeah. wrestling just kind of you know capitalizes on that like well, oh, what plus you believe that they actually were friends Oh yeah. yeah, you know, like oh, so, like 100%. so when 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 there's a tag team and they're together, you're like, well, they're probably the best friends in the whole world. Because I so would only they, be in a tag team with my best friend. I wouldn't be in a tag team. Yeah, with, why would like, you be within a, a tag team dude? with someone you're not best friends with? Yeah, it's insane. So, so like when they split, when it would, you know, whether it's a tag team or just like allies, you know, two faces splitting, it's whew. yeah, it's emotional. So, guys, this gets a bit religious, I would say, even because uh, at the end. Uh, Andre the Giant rips Hogan's shirt off and rips the crucifix that he has on his neck off him as well and throws it to the ground. Yeah, and like it, like the crucifix cuts Hogan's skin. He's bleeding, and Hulk, and- Hulk drops to his knees. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Roddy Crying. Piper. Roddy Piper keeps saying like Hulk, you're br- you're bleeding, <laughs> and. Hulk- and Hulk is just so like Hulk doesn't even know what's going on. He's so just overcome with emotion and despair. Uh, little inside behind the curtain thing. If you rewatch it, um, Hogan had put Vic's vapor rub on his finger, and that when <laughs> so when, the when Andre the Giant grabs his shirt, Hogan's like poking his eye with his Vic's finger. <laughs> God, <laughs> to get the tears to start pouring down That's when they go to him on the ground. That's great. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, he's on the ground, and then arguably, as great as this is, maybe my favorite moment is the whole happened because Andre Giant had challenged him for the championship at WrestleMania, and uh, Roddy Piper just gets on the mic and is just like, you know, recaps and is just like, are you gonna, are you gonna fight him at WrestleMania? And Hogan stands up, man, he's got like, he's hurt, you know? And he just screams, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) So, God, it's so good. So, fast forward to one of the, uh, We haven't even gotten to the match. match yet. I know, I know. Listen, I'm geeking out about this. It's fine. Most famous, one of the most famous moments in wrestling history it was WrestleMania three. It says tons of people. It's Andre the Giant who had never lost versus the champion Hogan. And first off, for Andre the Giant, he has in he his back he is can all barely up. walk. No. They have to drive him to the ring, literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have they have like the special little cart. That looks I mean, like to wrestling be fair, they've in- done that in other matches with other wrestlers, too. But was yes, that the first time they, they did it? And then they just, no, they, right? They just, no. they just knew that he had to save up every ounce he had. Oh, to, yeah. to, he's, to, wearing, he's wearing a back brace underneath yeah. his little wrestling outfit. And he's, he's coming into the ring. Andre Giant, beloved for 15 years. He just turns bad guy. And he's coming in. And people pummeled are just throwing trash. trash at him. Just pummeled. I mean, that's just, that's just good work by the fans, though. Oh just, yeah, just ninety thousand people there. Boo! Just b- booing him. So so he comes in. Then Hogan comes out, runs in. Now here's what happened. Here's a little behind the curtain stuff for you guys. 
as we said, wrestling is fake. We all know this. Andre Giant had never lost. Think about Andre Giant. He's a big dude. And if he liked you, he would work well with you in the ring. And if he didn't like you, he didn't make things good for you. Yeah. He would be impossible to lift. You couldn't move him. He would hit you pretty hard. Um, he apparently did not like Macho Man and would just beat the hell out of Macho Man in the ring. And, and Iron Sheik as well. Um, so, One of those is justified. <laughs> so, so Hogan comes in the ring. And Hogan does not know what the finish is going to be on the match yet. He knows he's supposed to win. And Andre is just playing it like he isn't answering it. So he'll be like, you know, Hawk would be like, oh, so we have a plan for the end. He's like, well, you know, we'll get it. We get it, you know, and just sort of like being all vague. So uh, Hulk Hogan had met with Vince the night before in Detroit and like written out how he thinks it could end, but didn't have a finish. It was like, so I think this is how the whole thing could go, but I don't know how it should end. And um, and Vince is like, well, we'll talk to Andre and see what it is. And Hogan's freaking out. He just keeps asking, like, is he gonna, is he gonna put me over? Like, is he gonna let me win? And Vince's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But whenever he's talking to Andre, Andre is not giving him any clue that he's willing to lose. <laughs> so coming in the match, he has no idea. And so he goes in the match. They they start right off, and he's like, uh, Hulk's like, right away, Andre's doing exactly what my script said. So like, he's like, okay, all right. We're doing it, you know? And then they get to the part where I think, like, it's to the end. And he said he could hear Andre yell, like, you know, body slam. <laughs> slam. In the ring. <laughs> so then uh, Hogan's like, oh, my God, I'm going to body slam him. And then he body slams him. And then after he body slams him, he says he can hear Andre Giant be like, leg drop. <laughs> and then he goes and hits the leg drop. And then he's like, even when I'm covering him, I don't know if he's going to let it get to a three count. And he does. Um, and if you have – and when he body slams them, you know, you can just see that's a legitimate cry of pain from Andre oh, the Giant. Yeah, I'm sure it was not easy for either man uh, to, A, for Hogan to lift him, but also Andre's got to let him do it and then, yeah, to take the bump. Um, so he wins. But let me tell you, this match, I rewatched it just earlier today. It's not, it's not a great match. However, however, if you're into moments – that you'll always remember, yeah. or at least I do from this match. This has plenty of them. The 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 bear hug, the bear hug for me when when he's going for the third arm lift, and yeah. it almost goes down, and then he lifts it up. Uh, whew, that's that's good. And and the other thing is at the beginning when they're just like face to face, and and Hulk is just jawing to him, and uh, and obviously the body slam. Like those three moments, man. It's- it's incredible. A great, it's a great match for two people who aren't really like great at the athletics part of wrestling, but are especially great. Andre at this point. Yeah, you know, you got to do the match around his limitations. Yeah, but they're great at you know working the crowd and selling it. So the other thing about Andre the Giant that's well known is how much that guy could drink. That guy could put him down. Yeah, in numbers that do not make sense to a human's brain. Everyone has, like, a story and a number of beers that he drank, which range from – this is in a this is in a sitting – range from anywhere from, like, 106 to 156. Yeah. Cans of beer! We talked about WrestleMania 3. It's rumored that he drank 14 bottles of wine before that match. Oh, um, he's French. <laughs> uh, in The Princess Bride, apparently, he got really drunk, which he was known to do. And he got too drunk that he fell. He fell on top of somebody, and then what a uh, nightmare! <laughs> apparently, the NYPD then sent an undercover officer to follow him around so he wouldn't fall on anyone again. There's lots. Come on. There's lots of stories where he just gets really drunk and goes to sleep, but no one can move him. So it's like, yep. well, just uh, just let him sleep there, <laughs> and he'll just sleep in the lobby of a hotel or something. <sighs> Unbelievable. To bring it back um, around to the movie, uh, this sound like a very fun set sound like everyone this after the shoot just uh everyone get together and eat and drink have a good time yeah and that's that's the other thing you, you know you when he would andre giant would talk about this movie i mean he he would talk about it with a lot of pride and, and apparently that to go with that a lot of it was because no one like made a deal about him being a giant you know what i mean like in that documentary, they talk a lot about, like, listen, man, this guy traveled everywhere all the time. So he was in cars and airplanes and buses and hotel rooms, and, like, nothing fit him. 
know yeah. what I mean? Like it wasn't like he could just outfit things and stay at home when he wasn't at home, which he rarely was because he loved wrestling so much in the business. Like he was in things not fit for a man his size. Yeah. They talk in the documentary about when he'd have to fly to Japan, you know, for wrestling. 14-hour flight, and he couldn't fit in the bathroom on a plane. Mm -hmm. So they'd have to just draw a curtain, and then he would just piss into a bucket, and then they'd dump the bucket into the toilet. And that's just, that was just his life, man. Yeah, that's that's just got to be sad. So, uh, unfortunately, as we sort of hinted at and mentioned earlier, like... That's what what elementary school was like for Duff. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just like a... A freak, a freak in a traveling circus. Or it's like, all right, just go behind that curtain. Here's a bucket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, so you know, as Duff mentioned, ninety three, January of ninety three, he died. He was forty six years old, and like, like when he died, it wasn't shocking. I mean, every he, he as knew it. Everyone on, knew it. Had, yeah, he, he was had, on crutches. He was uh, all sorts of things that just, um, that just is sad. Um, so here's the thing that I, I guess I knew this about Andre the Giant, but was reminded that you cannot understand two thirds of what Andre the Giant says. And I think that's no. true in his promos and in The Princess Bride. But it does not matter because you are just marveling at this behemoth of a man. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and I've said this, I think, before on a different topic, but my son's eight and I will. I watch wrestling with them, and it's uh, it's very fun. But man, you put a big guy out like a big guy starts coming out there, and he is just like enamored. I mean, it is just like look at the size of that guy. So uh, since we're talking animals, yes, I, f- I can't believe this is this is exciting. This though. is for for listeners out there who are number one are concerned that we didn't talk enough about the movie. I can't help you, um, <laughs> but I was inspired Get used to it. I was inspired uh, because in this movie there are uh, shrieking eels, and uh, mm-hmm. there's also some uh, was it rodents of unusual size. Which, by the way, those rodents yeah. look great because yeah. they're I, people in suits. So I was inspired, and we'll have to dig out the theme music. But uh, I think there's a sea monster. <laughs> ah, what is that? Sea monster facts. <laughs> I I started looking up. Uh, cryptid eels. There's a couple, like, uh, there's one in Canada. Um, his name is Cressy, named after Nessie, or the Canadian Nessie. Okay. Um, but the one, the one I really uh, clomb to is uh, from Kentucky. It is the Harrington Lake eel pig. Eel pig? Eel pig. So okay. in the 20s, uh, a utilities company was building a dam, and uh, it was a major... <laughs> Uh, project and so they they built up this dam and after they did it they you know there's a lake that's left and people started reporting uh that they saw a creature rough most people described about 15 feet long with oh, a body with a body like that of an eel and a skin tone pattern reminiscent of a speckled fish but it is said to be as fast as a boat and it possessed a stubby pig-like snout <laughs> And a curly tail. Well, what kind of boat? That's pretty broad, right? Like a rowboat? I'm, a I'm, boat? I'm just relaying some information I found. Is it just <laughs> okay. a sturgeon? It sounds like this might just be a sturgeon. It could possibly be a sturgeon. <laughs> but but there, I like the idea of it being a pig eel instead. But there's, of being there's, been, there's been multiple sightings, the most famous of which is uh, in 1972, there was a University of Kentucky professor who owned a lake home there. And he said that he saw the eel pig swimming around on multiple occasions. He said, it's only a monster in the sense that one would call an alligator a monster if they had never seen one before. So that's, mm. that's the most prominent sighting of the, the eel pig. The eel pig. So one time, two dogs ended up with a pig's head that no one knew how they received it. <laughs> Come on. As, as, the, <laughs> as the nearest slaughterhouse was miles away. I mean, so, that solves it. Must have been, must have been the, the I'm pig. convinced. Yep. So I have, again, there's been there's been no photographic evidence of the eel pig. There's a couple artists. No. Renderings. Are you kidding? So here's the first artist rendering. So <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, Tom, come this on. is it's your best on one eel. yet. That's just someone, drew, is... someone drew a baby pig on a snake. <laughs> the second one. <laughs> what is that? The, 
The second one kind of looks like Falcor from the Neverending this, Story. This looks like a drawing that someone made and posted on Tumblr. I'm just just sharing information I found about <laughs> oh the, the Lake Harrington pig eel. Uh, <laughs> you're, I think you're insulting the cryptid community. I, I mean, I, yeah, I am. Try harder. <laughs> like that's that's ridiculous. I'm with Joe. Yeah, actually, you, you it doesn't even look like they drew the pig head part. It looks like they copied that from a picture of a pig, and then they added it to their child's drawing of a snake. <laughs> of a snake? Snake. It. I'm with Joe. Listen. I like the stories, I like the tales, but when it comes to the images, you should either have nothing at all, it should be blurry and out of focus, uh, yes. or there's I no, want an artist rendering no that you spend a lot of time on. No photos of the eel pig. I, yeah, didn't, but, make, I didn't make these. <laughs> well, it looks like you did. <laughs> I, it's such a strange combination of animals. <laughs> why why is it a pig eel? I don't like that that's why it's a monster. But I don't <laughs> It's just like it's not that real is obviously. Why it's a monster. I, he is <laughs> right. He's got you there. But a pig like there's nothing <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't get like like I I get cryptids like are most cryptids there's some element to them where you're like, "Well, okay." Like big a big uh, the Sasquatch. Yeah. Totally mm-hmm. reasonable to think that that could exist, like as a missing link in the evolution between man and ape, right? Um, in America. Then, like, Mothman. Well, that's just, like, a pure, scary, ghost-like thing, and it doesn't mm-hmm. pretend to have any kind of, like, evolutionary link. So then you just go straight monster. This is just like, what if Anil was also a pig? Huh? <laughs> Does it make it scarier that there's no rational reason for it? Uh... Well, there, there's no rational reason for a lot of things in nature. Like, I, what do you mean? I know, but you just gave, like, you know, the rationale behind some cryptids. I, but... I want some more effort put into cryptid formation. Just, like, like it, it's more compelling to me well, if, I can, if I can put it together and see why it might exist the problem, in the natural world. I will, I will bring it up at the next cryptid meeting. The problem is, there's a problem if the... Artist renderings of these cryptids look worse than uh, lazy podcast album art. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fact that people are spending more time on their podcast art than the cryptid community spent trying to make what an artist rendering of this cryptid is is a problem. Okay. Do you, do you guys have anything else about Princess Bride would, would, or Andre the Giant or uh, this? Eel pig? I, I actually have a question about eel pigs. Do you think they taste more like an eel or more like a pig? Hmm. It depends which part. <laughs> it looks like it's like t- mostly eel except for the head. But and do you think like because it's combined, do you think that the eel body retains some pork flavor? Well, let's go down to Kentucky and try to catch one and we'll give you an answer. All right. Well, I'm so glad Sea Monster Facts is back. Um, at least for this, at least for this, we'll see other ways you can shoehorn it in. You know, I was just inspired. I don't know if they were on the sea. Um, I don't know the geography of Princess Bride Land, but it was a monster in the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's well, to say? next week you can get into alien stories instead. Oh, oh boy. yeah. Oh boy. Yes. Next week we're talking about They Live, um, the John Carpenter film from 1988 with, we talked about him a little bit today, but Roddy Piper. And the world's longest fist fight. <laughs> a man with whom I have shared a hug. Yes, we'll have to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to dig into that. And, uh, you know, I need to, I'll be honest, uh, of the people we talk about, Roddy Piper is the guy who I probably know his career the least. So I might have to do a little, might do a little research. Oh, boy, that's going to be brutal for you to have to watch a bunch of wrestling. How are you going to do it, yeah. Rob? Let's see what I can do. See what I can do. No, I can't cut the grass. I have this research I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, listeners, we will uh, also be doing episodes um, of uh, the wrestling on our Patreon. But before that, in October, we're going to do a, a spooky film. Uh, and you can go to patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys. And for $2 a month, you get to uh, listen to that and then vote on what our uh, other wrestling movie we're going to talk about is for that uh, November Patreon. So until then, you know, uh, 
check out go down the YouTube hole the YouTube uh, just look up uh, I don't know what do you think Ric Flair promos or Dusty Rhodes promos and just see where you end up or or watch the rot the Piper's Pit thing that we talked about with uh, Hogan emoting <laughs> and uh, the Andre Giant <laughs> grabbing his crucifix <laughs> <laughs> off his chest ripping open a man all right we'll be back next week.